Welcome to the People and Technology Podcast. It's great to be here with you live from the ATC event, the Australasian Talent Conference here in Sydney. My name's David Gazzarotto and uh, I'm very privileged to have a co-host this morning in Ruby Lee. Welcome. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm welcoming myself. How about that? But uh, no, it's <laughs> fantastic to be here and what an electric what an electric audience we have today. Fantastic. It's amazing. We're in, so we're in the break here. A bit of background noise. Bear with us. Um, great conversation about to unfold here, I'm sure. Um, and without further ado, let me introduce our special guest, Gigi Gotzi from Live Hire. Welcome, Gigi. Thank hey, you very Gigi. much, David and Ruby. That's fantastic. Thank yeah. you. Great to have you here. How about for now, a lot of us know about Live Hire and the Live Hire story, but perhaps some of the people on this podcast may not. Mm. Um, how about you just give us the, the elevator pitch on Live Hire? Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Uh, LiveWire is an Australian technology company. It's about six years old. It's all developed in Australia, mostly for Australian companies. We do three things very well. One, we treat candidates like, like consumers. I think we're the first people to say that about six or seven years ago, and now that's a reality for lots of customers. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we bring an integrated, easy-to-deploy platform. So people don't really have to worry about um, you know, big integration and complex uh, uh, change management programs. And three, you bring a technology which is very new and very understands you, good UX, is more intelligent than the previous ones. And so people just like using it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly my experience, um, and I guess you know, looking at comparable solutions in the market, which they're not... I don't see there are many. My, my feeling is you guys are still a little before your time. So you're still, you know, the wave is still forming. Would that be a fair observation? V- very much a fair observation. I, um, I think technology changes very slow and then very fast. Yep. And so you're going to live in that period of slowness um, with a good team, with a good culture, with a good vision, with a good product as the market has time to ad- adjust and catch up. And you as a company want to continue, use that time to learn just a little bit more. Yeah. Because you might be ahead of the time. Mm. But using a, a good surfing analogy, being in Australia, like you've got to be ready for when the set comes. Mm. And if you're not ready, if you're not in front of the wave, then you can't actually ride it. And I think we, we see lots of wave sets coming in the HR technology world and companies are eager to change. Yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting because a lot of um, existing incumbent vendors... I think find it very difficult with the, the rapid development cycles now to actually keep up and to, you know, quite often they're unveiling new releases, but they've missed the market for it. Especially if implementation's long, especially if the yeah. lead in time to implementing into an overall talent process is taking up more time. And then by the time you get it on board, it's like, oh, we've got a new upgrade. It's like, oh, okay. So how, how is that kind of worked through from a product perspective? So product strategy is what the discipline here is, is develop a product that you can continuously evolve. And the modern product, for every innovation I do for one client, every client has it. So that is what's amazing. If you do instead lots of one-off implementation, when you do an improvement, nobody gets it. Mm. Only one person gets it, only one client. And that's the beauty of having true SaaS cloud-based products. Because... Every client just pays for a little bit of the entire technology stack. They don't pay the entire bill. Just the same when you use Amazon or Facebook, you don't pay the entire cost of Amazon. You just pay just a little bit. And I remember 
this very, very intelligent person, Jack Ma for Alibaba, mm. and he's asked him, you know, how you build technology and, you know, you make a lot of money. He said, uh, no, I make very, very, very little money from a lot of people. Yes. And so you want to build technology that's pervasive and everybody gets value. That's the only way in technology to never become old. Yep. Yeah. Now, Live Hire has grown so fast, so quickly. And I had the absolute privilege of meeting some of your team a couple of weeks ago. And one thing that really got me about being in the Live Hire HQ was just the culture and how inclusive it was. And it was a lunch and learn. And it was just a really, really nice environment. As a founder of the business and as you're growing so rapidly and as your technology is getting picked up more and more, how do you maintain that sense of culture and that sense of, um, you know, just sort of oneness? I mean, it's your story, right? But how do you do that as you continue to grow your own team? I've been in a conversation with the team about how to navigate uncertain waters is a very interesting starting point because people seek certainty and clarity and mm. that's important to achieve, but that's that's a goal. You need to take everybody on the journey. So uh, you want to get that clarity, but it has to be a conversation. Yeah. And so when you're small and when people still look up at you as a, as a founder, if you want, not, and you don't have a, any need for authority in an organization, then you can have those open conversations. Mm. And so having open conversation is fantastic. It's a very modern way to, to manage a company. It's a motivating way. Our tenure in our organization, our diversity, is absolutely sensational. I know, so I saw. We let, we Just in that small speak. group. So, so I, when I hire people, when we hire people, I always say to them three things. During the interview process, even during onboarding, we only hire people with a deep personal connection to our purpose. And our purpose is to empower the flow of talent yes. into organization and let people live the career they love, which means... Do you have a personal connection? Have you had that experience yourself when in your career you find yourself as a junkie? I just got goosebumps. That's <laughs> yeah. so good. And so it has to be a deep personal connection because when then the times become tough, you have a difficult conversation, for whatever reason, personal work, you want to know you've got a deep motivation. The second one is that I, I, I'm an engineer. I explain it like this. We hire engines and not cogs. So you want to be an engine. Mm. Uh, an engine has... The ability every morning, you choose why you come to work. You choose what drives you. You bring that energy to the people around you in every meaning. Mm. And third, we hire managers who are mostly doers and we hire doers they are natural leaders of what they do. And so that allows us to keep the organization very flat because nobody is there just managing. You've got to be doing a lot or you're going to be a natural leader to what you do. This is where we are today, and this our uh, guiding philosophy is there. Mm, I love that. The secret source to hiring for live hire. There you go. Managers being doers. That was just, it, that really resonates with me, and I think it's, it's amazing to hear that that is still your philosophy as you grow. One thing you said at the start of the podcast was you treat your candidates as consumers. Mm. I like that. Can you dive into that a little bit deeper for our listeners? Oh, thank you, Ruby. This is our specialty, and um, I love to talk about it. I think every one of us understands this intuitively. You want to be treated the way you treat others. You want to be treated well. You want to be treated with a smile. You want to be said thanks and no thanks, and, you know, ju just be treated as a consumer. So 
you got global technology companies treating people like heroes. You have a direct carpet experience with Amazon Prime and your red carpet experience with, with Instagram and all these things. These are things we are glued on mm. day to day. And as soon as you use a technology that doesn't treat you like that, now sticks out like as a sore thumb. It really does. Mm. And most people, especially the time poor one, they cannot be bothered to be treated in a way they don't want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's happening that actually lots of people in recruitment, uh, candidates especially, are not using technology anymore. The best candidates, you're not going to get them from, from just the applicants many times. So we know that about 20% of the hires come from job application. The rest are internal mobility, referrals, or agency, or other things. Yes. So where is the relationship? The relationship needs to be built with a candidate at the start. Yeah, that's right. And I think the industry percentage at the moment of great hires come from 40% of referrals from internal staff. Absolutely. And so you've just highlighted that then and I think it's actually, it's very true to form. And this is a very interesting concept given that we're talking about AI Mm. and automation and how do we bring technology into that whole notion of human human centred recruitment, if you Mm. want to call it that even. Yeah, that's a very good, very good word. I think you need to understand in technology, in recruitment technology, where are your big flows of talent? Because then you, you want to treat people well mm. at scale. So let's say you got a million people, you come to your career website every month. There's plenty of companies in Australia like that. Let's say you got 30,000 applications every month. Mm. And let's say you only hire 200 of those, which is, these are real case scenarios. Yeah. So you're telling 29,800 people a month, plus the million that was interested, that they're not good enough to work for you. And actually, you didn't even have enough time mm. to... to, to to, to acknowledge yep. that. To yeah. acknowledge, that's right. that's right. To even acknowledge. And so I think if you take it down to the basic of the very basic of design thinking, uh, emotional empathy, emotional interviews, what you want to do first is looking at those high volume scenarios like a career website and like chatbots, but just, just like a career website and say, you're welcome. Mm. Mm. We'd love to have you here and please let us know what you want to do. And do not funnel every single person into a job application because most likely they're not they're right, not right for, it. for it. Yeah. And most likely you keep causing so much downward, downstream work, then a recruiter then doesn't have enough time to go back to them. So mm. instead, that's why we created a concept of welcome them in Italian community. All of a sudden, you eliminated the need for rejection. Mm. And then you can match these people against the right job. So by eliminating the need for rejection... Is basically, is basically not letting people down from the start. And then from there on, they're not going to be angry with you. And when you tap on their shoulder, they will be like, wow, I never had this before. But it's also essential for candidates to self-elect out of roles because often yeah. we're so reliant on the way job ads are written and you kind of think, oh, yeah, you know, and that's that whole notion of like, I think I tick 70% of the box and I'm going to apply mm. for it or I'm not. But being able to have a talent community where you can have an actual conversation, mm. where you get to actually know a cult- the culture or the role and being able to do that, as a candidate, I'm able to go, mm, doesn't quite feel right or yes, I'm all in and this is why and be able to connect from the, from the very start. And what astounds me about that, just look at your technology and look at the technology vendors out there, how many let you communicate two ways with people? Like, mm. back and forth. Like, yeah. um, this is one of my things in technology. I think that the best technology in the world allow 
the two parties to interact together. So they need to be a bit like Teflon. Mm. So these are real innovation like Airbnb. You're not talking to bookings.com. You're talking to Wendy on the other side of the world that's going to host you and like, you know, meet yes. tea. I just, so that's, all of a sudden, that's a human experience. And humans are different from anything else apart from their intelligence because we communicate very well. Yeah. So what is recruitment if not a two-way interaction between people and people. And how, the question then becomes, how you do that at scale? Mm. Yeah. So the consumer, I think the consumerization, it's a hot topic. It gets talked about a lot. But I think the essence of it is, um, it's just as what's happened in our customer experience, in our consumer experience, data, technology, digital, has enabled a, a, lot, a greater... Um, ability to personalise. Mm. So it's this notion of personalisation that I think yes. is really key to it. Um, and that's the connection I make with, with what you're doing. It's about um, being able to, instead of having a one-to-many relationship with a whole bunch of candidates, it's a one-to-one. Isn't this one? I, I love Birds of Tokyo. They're one of my favourite bands. <laughs> We're going to keep ploughing through. But So this notion yes. that um, I can... Instead of being one of many, and, and us, and in the old marketing world, that was offers going out to millions, TV ads, direct mail, etc., in the hope that it might hit the mark with someone that, you know, a customer who might buy. Now, because the data trails we leave enable um, the marketers to connect with us personally with a personalised offer and little box mm. with a little ribbon on it saying, Gigi, here's something for you, and you go, wow, that's exactly what I want. So and I think, is that the, yeah. the sort of essence of what you're trying to create here in terms of... Con- it, it is absolutely that. And from an industry perspective in America, they, they had this problem for a long time. Mm. Millions and millions of applications, large organizations, dealing with volume has always been a problem there. And the, and the candidate becoming more consumer, uh, consumer-like behaviors. Company needing to attract people. So the first impression, let's remember that from a behavioral psychology perspective... First impression really do count. Yeah. Yep. I went to study on uh, on a little. So uh, I, I'll give you a little topic on that. A little point. I, w- I went to Stanford to study a course in design thinking last year, and a professor there, Candace, said, "Do you know that for a professor, the first thirty seconds of mute videos of the first class in university determines with a high accuracy." The the score the professor is going to get after six months at the end of the wow. course. Wow. That is how the brain yeah. uses uh, first impression. So how you treat the person at the first point, it has to be personalized, engaging. You usually, how do you welcome somebody? You say, welcome. Yeah. How are you? Usually there's a question. So why didn't don't our career website have a question first? Mm. What do you want to do? Why are you here? Mm. So these are just simple things. And I think for companies, it's difficult to understand where to tackle this problem. And I think they need to start from the very simple things. Yeah. yeah. Can I segue a little? We, um, the theme of the ATC, and now you're presenting tomorrow mm. a session around AI. So this you know, big theme around artificial intelligence and, and how we can bring that automation into the world of talent acquisition. Um, now, you're doing a presentation tomorrow um, entitled AI, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly. Um, do you want to give us a little sneak peek into what we're going to hear from you tomorrow? I'm in so looking forward to it, by the way. Yeah, it's a short 20-minute uh, presentation. So there's going to be uh, some videos. And uh, we automated the AI journey using Guess Who as Oh, my a tool. gosh, I love it. Like the board game. 
<laughs> and so there's going to be a little, a little bit of that on the fun side. But we at LiveEye, we believe that hiring is by far the most important thing companies do. Wow. Did everyone just hear that? I think they did. And if that's the case, recruitment and talent acquisition is at the core of, of, of what attracting the right people is. Therefore, bring AI in your tent, make it part of your team, understand, um, take a step back, look what systems you currently have, and, and really think, what is going to add most value here? And then there is a solution for everything. That's the reality. But what is going to add value for you? But start from the point of view that what you do is very important. Yep. Yep. What's Live Hire doing in terms of AI technology and what can we expect next? So um, AI is a very um, deep and complex field, yep. uh, the, the truth of the matter. Mm. So I always try to talk about AI and automation together yes. because there's a bit of both, really. So in terms of pure AI, we already integrated with, um, with Google for Jobs and Google um, Job Discovery API. Those are very good machine learning AI tools mm -hmm. that all our client, uh, customers can use on a career website. So already if you type part-time you know, uh, receptionist, it's not going to give you all the part-time jobs in the company. It's just going to give you a receptionist job yeah. that are part-time. So and that required AI, required Google three years of work to do that. But now we can call that API every second. Wow. Every time you search one or any mm. on a candidate's um, uh, or our client's career websites, that's one. We're integrating with a true innovative AI company called Hardchul. Hardchul comes from the U.S., is, um, is sensational. They allow all our recruiters now, seamlessly from Italian community, to create instant pipelines. And mm. what it means, they actually has 700 million profiles that can completely match against your talent pool. Mm. And all of a sudden, if you don't have enough people, they suggest more based on your current usage behaviors. Isn't that amazing? We can recommend a person from talent community into that one, and they find more people like that. Mm. Now... They're training the AI on 700 million people. Wow. So now we know we can get mm. high, highly accurate matches. And that's, that's a revolutionary, I think. So we've got an exclusive partnership with them mm. for Australia and New Zealand. And so we are fully integrated now. And all our customers can now use it. Wow. I think it's uh, really interesting because I think the problem with volume recruitment especially is you have the, the, li the literal in the old days pile of resumes. Um, but even if they're systemized, you have you know, all of these resumes and, and people data to go through. If you don't have some intelligence helping you to do that, then it's literally going through them one by one. Great recruiters would take the time to do that. Less great recruiters would probably just see number 10 on the list and go, oh, they fit pretty well. Let's put them on the short list. And so yeah. if you are number 452 at the bottom, might be the best candidate possible may never get seen, whereas the sort of technology you're describing, I presume, gets us um, you know, uh, through past that and to enable us to find the best candidates, not just the most candidates. That's true. And also, think about the practicalities. As you, Ruby, you said before, 40% of the good hires come from referrals. Probably there's another 30 40% that comes from internal mobility. Mm. And so you want to focus on those, I think, mm. if you're a large mm. organization. If you've got volume recruitment or an MSP, then you want to focus. Uh, that's different again. So you want to focus yeah. on where the great candidates come from, uh, I think. I think the true future 
if you join all the dots of this, I think that a good technology will allow the recruiter to go instantly to the right people. So is the great recruitment technology will allow you to say, hey, these are the best three yeah. out of the selection that you said that we had 500. Well, where are 500 coming from? Data is becoming quite ubiquitous. Mm. It's everywhere. And so all of a sudden, a great recruiter would you a pure outbound recruiter, mm. I feel. Because the inbound job is, is very, very, very hard. And that's mm. what's going to get automated first. So if you're a recruiter, you do good outbound. I do, however, have um, a bit of a, you know, uh, an idea tomorrow that I wanted to launch as provocative. And I'm going to say now. If we are all here in this big industry automating so much about the AI experience for a recruiter, before all these companies here have done that, I think a company will come out mm. that's going to automate it for the candidate. Yes. Like, hey, AI, yeah. please go apply for 20 jobs in machine learning. Okay, which one? Which company do you like? I like Apple. Okay, these are the five jobs you have. Mm. And so... I go apply. I guess it's okay, be- Google. I'm ready to look for a job. Please apply for jobs. Yep. Imagine that. And, and it's just it's all done for you. Well, well, Google will know my entire profile, my experience, the type. Going back to your consumer reference, where I shop, what I enjoy looking at from a website point of view. Imagine that. that so, would is be anyone insane. here thinking about that? There's always two sides to nope. every equation. Dave and I are shaking coin. our heads. Well, nope. so, I mean, the, the, the challenge you have, and this is where going back to what I said earlier, you're, you're, bef- you're ahead of your time, but it will come. When it comes quickly, you guys have will have the leading solution in the market at that point. And this could be six months, it could be two years. It's going to be within the next few that we well, see it. But what we're doing today, we understand our customers have a great need for what we call an end-to-end integrated technology stack Mm. which means there's all these handover points all these manual stuff and i think starting from the basic can have a platform that goes from a to z and whatever i need integrated is integrated and so rather than going out to lots of consultants and can you integrate this with me it comes out of the box yeah and so like the Apple Store concepts. You, you get live hire mm. and then you can turn on that, that, that and that. And I think that's how we invest in our customers and yeah. I think our customers appreciate that. So this hard tool integration, uh, hard tool, we met them three months ago in, yeah. uh, um, in, in Mountain View and now we're fully integrated. We both build wow. API to integrate and every one of our customers is going to get a free integration. Amazing. Yeah. I think doing what you do what you're great at and do, going deeper and deeper is the is the the future and the business models. I think what we've seen in the last 10, 15 years is a lot of vendors trying to to broaden what they do, and they've become you know very shallow in That's terms of true, what they actually. support. That's true. Actually, that's a really good observation. Yeah. Whereas, like with while, Live Hire, I do feel yeah. <laughs> We're trying to stay been observing for a while. We're trying to stay wide and trying to stay open because the market, you know, it's like to, they, they're chasing market by broadening what they do and trying to trying to solve more problems for their clients, which is it's admirable. And why is that? I, I think because technology became very proprietary too. I think the openness of SaaS and the genuine interoperability that we can now do means that the sort of play that you guys have got where you can go deep and provide something that's really high value but it connects really easily in with other parts of the ecosystem to 
um, to, I agree. To that's, that's the inside. I think if you've been to HR Tech Fest and over the years, you can see how the um, the um, the flavor of the month changes. Yes. But some companies very stay, quick. stay consistent. Yeah. And the companies stay consistent are the ones that provide a solid end-to-end platform. The challenge for those, they haven't been fast enough in integrating the third-party mm. best practice yep. providers. Like yeah. you like Olivia, you like XREF, you like Hardtube. Well, does it come out of the box in, in your Taleo into in your Taleo platform? If it doesn't, eventually you're gonna feel the pain. Mm. Yeah, and it becomes redundant. That platform becomes redundant because it no longer delivers. We see a lot of that in the, the world where we work with, where the integrators. Um, in fact, I don't want to be an integrator. I, what we want to do is manage the experience. So, as as consultants and partners to organisations, we want to be able to say, okay, what are you trying to deliver here for whatever those audiences are? You know, employee experience, candidate experience. How do we manage those journeys with you to enable you to, to, to really create that valuable uh, Another problem construct. that I feel, um, uh, I feel a lot, em- lots of empathy for is when hearing all these conversations, often it's very difficult if you actually are a recruiter in front, on the front line. Yes, mm-hmm. I, that is exactly where my head is going as I'm listening to the both of you. My eyes are racing. I'm thinking, oh. That sounds great, but yes. well, you've been there very recently. Ruben. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had 10 years in the you know, talent acquisition space, leading teams and really being at the forefront of deciding which technologies to use as well. And the problem was, good problem, I guess, to have to a certain point was I was getting approached by a lot of HR tech startups with amazing solutions and ways that I could have a better relationship with candidates out there and better ways to integrate. And then it came down to the point where, you know, it did hit integration and the experience, quite honestly and quite frankly, was shit. It was really, really hard. Don't you code it. Tell us what you really think. Yeah. (laughs) No, and it it got to the point where it just goes in the too hard basket. Mm. And then you, then, then all the fears set in. Mm. Well, what's it going to mean for data integration? Am I going to lose all of the history that I know of previous candidates that have applied? How is it going to go? Um, is it going to disrupt my flow? Because I'm already such a busy individual yep. recruiting 20 hard-to-fill roles and then some. Mm. So, that, that, yeah, that's all those... That's a big in, challenge. Yes, yeah. So, at what point do you pause the business to put in this amazing new tech? When as a talent lead, you know you have to do it. That's the thing as well. There's a sense of urgency mm. that it's like, okay, I need to do something. But it's almost yeah. hard to get out of the operational. So th- there's a difference, though, between open heart surgery, so taking out that core. And, and, and that is stent, tough, yeah. right? And we're, you know, recruiters particularly are very busy in taking – and they get into rhythms. You, you described that really well. Um, whereas if you if you seek to innovate around the edges, and that's where I see something like live heart. It's kind of, I've got a problem here that I can solve without the open heart surgery. Mm. You know, I can actually leverage, yes. take a, you know, a talent curation mindset and build the communities using this tool. It's not intrusive. It actually adds value and it makes me a better recruiter. I like the, I like the whole notion and the thinking around an experience manager when it comes yeah. to integration. Yes. That would appease a lot of talent yeah. leaders yeah. out there. Hey, Ruby, have we still got a guest here or is it just you and me? Oh, it's good. Right? I'm I loving it. I don't know. Well, Gigi did say it. at the start of the podcast, don't make it all about me. Yeah. <laughs> We're just following our guest instructions. Good, good <laughs> listening. The, but I wanted to ask you, like, when change really happens, when the people with the pain eventually uh, revolt. And so... It is the recruiter, it is the candidate. I think the candidate is already speaking with their feet. If I have to go yeah. through that dreadful application, I don't know what the end is going to yeah. be. Um, and then I know, because I've already done 50, it, it, nothing's going to come out of mm. it. 
because I better go through a referral, other things. So they're already voting with their feet. The best one are not going through that channel. Yes. When other recruiters, just like the sales marketing people in 10 years ago with Salesforce, actually go 50,000 of recruiters, not talent acquisition managers and so on, go there, I'm stuffed with this because this is not working. It's not intelligent. I'm going to work for a company that's got intelligent technology working with me mm. because I'm just uh, I'm not here shuffling papers. I think we need to treat our recruiters better personally. And so companies invest a lot of money in cost-cutting in recruitment, in cost-cutting in here. And, and can they invest in good technology in, yeah. in, in HR recruitment? We only work with companies like High who believe that hiring is by far the th- most important things companies do. If you don't, it's hard to make a business case for it. There is something mm, very absolutely. comforting about hearing those words from a founder of a, a tech-based business who is at the forefront of what's going on with AI and automation because I do feel that it is, it is a deep-set fear of internal talent leaders or RPOs that you know, technology is going to take over our roles and then what? Yeah. But the conversation is slowly changing, maybe even quicker than we realise, around the fact that we're able to do so much more and maybe it's more to do with that human connection and being that mm. authentic um, representation of a brand. We've, we've been hearing about the death of recruiters oh now for God, yes. as long as I've been in this I remember space, when LinkedIn years. came out. Well, yeah. Um, even before that, you know, so, automation yeah. was to get rid of you know, um, recruiters and, and take them out of the, the process. Yes. The reality is what it's done, or what, when, when technology works well, it's when it takes the mediocrity out, when it takes the lower end out that doesn't add value. So if we are replacing humans that are not adding value in the process, mm. that's awesome. That allows genuinely good, great recruiters to do their jobs more effectively, which then I think that extends to better experiences. When I, I personally do have a deep empathy for every single person. Like, uh, I don't think we are replacing the recruiter or the low value adding recruiter. Is is those people are valuable? Each each and every one of them mm. is how they can be most valuable. I think the, the way it works, you want the machine that, that that works with the person, like we all do. I mean, the phone. Is a good extension of you. Yes. It works well with you. You work well with it. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, you stop using part of it. Like a candidate, I'm not, you're not going to blame the user of the phone yeah. for being replaced, will you? No, you, that's it's right. Like, it's not what you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so the, the, the recruiter is definitely not the problem. I think, yeah. though, if you've ever been coaching people in your organization, as you both have, I'm sure, you do sometimes need to have a t- tough conversation. It's not about the person. It's about... Uh, do we as, a, as an organization believe that these 30,000 applicants a month have value to our brand? Mm. Do we believe there's talent in there? Do we believe that we ought to discover that? Do we believe they owe them a response? Do, these are tough conversations. You can't have this tough conversation with each individual recruiter who doesn't have the time. Mm. They're the victim of the process that you put on them, I, I believe. So I saw great companies like um, a big Australian bank actually spending a year understanding experience about around talent acquisition and recruitment and goes from acquisition to recruitment process to, to onboarding and and they're slowly working on those three areas to provide a great talent experience I, I admire them for the, the ambitious goal of bringing experience to the candidate and the recruiter and the various touch points and the, the emotional stressful points along the journey 
but we know how hard it is going to be for them and how expensive to change mm. a large organization, the behaviors around it. So I empathize a lot with, yeah. Yeah. with the, the challenge. But change happens slowly and then quickly in a classic mm. S-curve. So the problem is not that will recruitment change fast enough. Is if your organization recruitment is not changing fast enough, you're going to lose talent to better companies. Yes. Yeah. And then well. your company suffers. No, your recruitment team is going to keep doing the same thing because it's a bad, bad old system. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an exi- existential moment, really, for, for all of us in the space. And um, I think, uh, I sadly, that is about all we've got time for today, though. That was um, so good, Gigi. You went into full preacher mode. Love it. Great conversations. We, you know, you're talking about we must be having better conversations. This was an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time, Gigi. Really enjoyed. Love what you're doing. Thank you. It was. So, I learnt a lot. Thank you very much. Yeah, check out Live Hire, folks. You know where to find them. Google them. Find them on LinkedIn. Do it right now. So thanks uh, for spending time with us. We'll see you again soon. Bye.